As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Differentiate them as a person and the action. Instead of saying, that was really mean of you, or like, you're being mean. That thing you did was a mean thing. Instead of saying, you are mean. I'm Allie Wolf, a TV news reporter taking on my biggest assignment yet, motherhood. Get ready to feel inspired and connected as we explore the journey into mom life. This is the Mom's Calling podcast. Welcome to another episode of Mom's Calling. Today, I have a fun and inspiring episode on parenting, being a mom, and pursuing your goals. It got me inspired. It got me thinking. And I think this episode will have the same effect on you. My guest is Stephanie Surgeon. She owns a pet sitting business. She's a teacher and the blogger behind the site, Mama Questions. She's also mom to a three-year-old boy. On her blog, Stephanie uses research to provide answers and information to other moms. She focuses on gentle parenting, and she really knows her stuff in this department. We get into that. You'll learn what it is and how you can put that into practice with your kids. Really getting inside the brain of your child, and it gets you to think differently about how you react and how you speak to them. She also taught me my favorite new quote, all behavior is communication. And she taught me my new favorite way of thinking about priorities as rocks in a jar. You'll see what I mean in the interview. Enjoy. Stephanie, welcome. I'm so excited to talk to you in real life. I know we've talked a lot on social media in the past. Yes, it feels a little bit surreal. I'm very excited. Yeah, well, I'm so happy to talk to you because I connected with you through your blog. I want to talk about the origin of your blog and why you wanted to start it, because I know you have such great information on so many different topics that all of us moms can relate to. I've always been really into Facebook groups, and I love just the discussions and all the questions and like specifically mom groups, because it's so unfiltered, you know, in our personal feed, it's all like the happy moments, the perfect times that you want to share with everybody. But then you go into the mom groups and it's like the raw, uncensored version of parenthood. And I just started to see themes of worries and anxiety and issues that some moms have. Many I identified with, but also many I felt that I had solutions or I had ways that I was dealing with those issues that were helpful to others. That's the premise of Mama Questions. It's answering questions that a lot of mothers have. In the beginning, I had no idea how hard it was going to be. I mean, it was a total learning curve, but I had the adrenaline that came from, oh my God, I need 
to create something else that really sort of pushed me forward exponentially for like those first six months. And I got a lot, a lot done (laughs) during that time. I can't believe it. Yeah. It's incredible how much you can get done when you find something that you feel that energy around and you feel that excitement. There's a lot of information out there in the mommy space and there's a lot of misinformation. So I'm wondering how you approach the answers that you provide, because like you said, you're a mom, you're not coming at this as a doctor or anything, but you do provide credible information. So what's your approach and and sort of how you think about the different questions that other moms have? But right now, a lot that I talk about is sort of the relationship that a mom has with their toddler through the, the filter of gentle parenting. And so when my toddler turned around 13 months, he became very challenging. And I realized I didn't have the tools to really parent him the way I wanted. Uh, so reading books helped me understand my toddler better. And so when I write content based on that, I often reference these books or I reference their websites or I reference other websites that talk about those issues in the way that some of these authors have been talking about it that I I look up to. Yeah, no, I think it's great that you source credible sources because people need information and they're going to go to the internet. Not everybody is going to read multiple books. So the fact that you're able to provide that information, I think is very valuable. You mentioned gentle parenting. So I wanted to see if you could explain what is gentle parenting and how can moms, newer moms use that method? So there's a few different terms. There's gentle parenting, conscious parenting, positive parenting, sort of attachment parenting too, but attachment parenting is a little bit its own thing. But the premise is that you parent in an age appropriate way. And that is defined by the developmental stage of the child's brain. So we are realistic about what we can expect from a one-year-old or expect from a two-year-old or expect from a three-year-old. And so a huge example is like, they'll be like, oh, my two-year-old doesn't follow my instructions, right? And I know that they can, but they're not. So they're, you know, being disrespectful. Whether in gentle parenting, we recognize, hey, you know, a two-year-old has very little self-control because that area of their brain is so underdeveloped. So even if they might be able to listen to you sometimes, it's literally out of their control when they don't listen to you very often. It's like they just can't. Their brain can't do it. So does it have to do with mostly behavioral, like disciplinary um, approaches or is it through everything? Well, I feel like discipline is everything because it's your disciple, right? You are mentoring them through life. Uh, So it does really go through all areas life. And it's just this idea that your child is a whole person with their own needs and understanding what does my specific child need? What are my specific child's capabilities or weaknesses? And approaching the way you parent based on their specific set of uh, characteristics and doing that with an understanding of child development. 
it makes you really think about the way you talk to your child. And I think it's kind of intimidating because then you're like, wait, my words are really important and they're going to have an effect on their actions. So I'm wondering if there are any phrases or things that you can say to your child starting at a young age that are good, gentle parenting messages. When they do something that you don't consider a positive thing that they did. It's really important to differentiate them as a person and the action. So instead of saying like, that was really mean of you, or like you're being mean, you know, when you do this thing, it's better and see like, oh, you know, that thing you did was a mean thing. And so saying you are mean. Another big gentle parenting technique is focusing on what the child can do versus what they can't do. So we're really focused on, no, don't touch that. No, you can't jump off the couch. The really common example is if I tell you, don't think about an elephant, what are you going to think about? An elephant. (laughs) All you can do is think about the elephant. When you say, no, don't throw that glass. All they can think about now is throwing that glass. And then you get upset when they do it, right? Because you sort of couple that psychology of like, now you can't think about it with a child with no self-control because their brain is so underdeveloped. So think about what can they do? You need to keep the glass in your hand. We need to sit on the couch. We play, you know, gently with our sibling. You don't say, don't hit your brother. You say, let's play gently with our brother. That change just drastically affects the the tone towards a child, right? Because now you're saying something positive that they can do and not saying they did something wrong, yet you're helping them do that thing too. It is such a small change. And I think it's really important that we as parents make that change. And here I am thinking, oh, I need to start changing the way I talk to my child. So when should we do that? When do you think there's the best time? I do it right away because then you're practicing. You have to change the way you're thinking. It's not so much parenting the child, it's like reparenting yourself. We're not changing the child's behavior, we're changing the way we parent, right? So you can start that right away so that it becomes sort of second nature, but it becomes really big when they are toddlers because they start to have a lot of more autonomy. They start to push boundaries to learn the social rules around them. There was this really interesting article I read about, uh, oh no, it was a video in terms of children and pushing boundaries. And like for us, we think, oh, I told them, you know, this morning not to throw water on the on the floor. Right. And then they do it again and they do it again. And we're like, Oh, they're being so disrespectful. And instead in the child's mind, they're like small scientists trying to learn how the world works and how you work in that world with them. So what they're thinking is not, Oh, my mom said not to throw it. I'm going to throw it again just to, you know, get her upset, which is what we think they're thinking. Right. Because we're projecting our adult brain onto a child. And instead they're thinking, okay, so if I throw the water now, she said, don't do it. What happens if I throw the water in the other room? Will she react the same? What happens if I throw the water in the morning versus throw the water at night? What happens if I throw it on the couch versus in the sink? Like what different reactions am I getting in these different situations? They're not trying to bother you. They're not trying to manipulate you or be bad, it changes your perception. You become more patient 
and it becomes easier to be more gentle, sort of more naturally to be more gentle with your child. I want to tell you about a product I love. It is the Mule Baby Whiteboard, the easiest way for new parents and caregivers to coordinate baby care. You can log feedings, diaper changes, and sleep times. It is reusable. Just stick it to your fridge and start logging. There's also a twin version. Get 10% off your order on Amazon with the code MOMSCALLING. Enjoy. It's really hard for a lot of moms to say it's hard. I'm burnt out. I think that the burnout also has to do with the pressure, right? Of having to fit into this mold of I'm a mother and I love it. And also I really need some time to myself. For me, it was the pressure within uh, thinking that my son needed me all the time, like letting him down. I really realized it's a sort of sense of codependency where like I got codependent on my son, I got codependent on my husband and I was holding sort of the, what they call like emotional labor of the family. I felt responsible for everyone to be comfortable. And if they signaled in any way that they were not, it drove my anxiety off the charts. And so realizing that I was doing that and being like, hey, you know what? I need to stop and I need to take care of myself and sort of stepping back and be like, you know, reasonable amount of discomfort is actually what makes us grow stronger. Like when you work out, the reasonable amount of discomfort is what makes the muscles grow. Too much breaks them, right? That creates trauma. But a little bit here and there actually strengthens you. It's actually, it's good for him to be a little upset, but it's also good for him to see that I'm taking care of myself. I started, a big thing is doing yoga and taking a shower in the morning. It doesn't happen every day, but I do it a lot. And he could get upset and be like, no, because I close myself in the bedroom. He'd be upset. No, mama, I want you to be with me. Don't go. It's going to take too long. Before I'd be like, oh no, no, my baby needs me. I'm disappointing him. He's going to be traumatized that I'm abandoning him. This is a reasonable amount of discomfort. He's safe. He knows he's safe. He's with his dad. He knows I'm just going to be gone for a certain amount of time, right? I'm in the bedroom and I am modeling the behavior I want him to have, to identify with growing up. Like I want him to be able to be like, you know what? Other people want me to do something that I need to take care of myself first. Having that boundary and separation is so important. And I think that it makes us better moms when we can take that time for ourselves. Quick break to talk to you about planners, specifically the Baby Steps printable planners on Etsy, which come with checklists to keep you organized every step of the way. From pregnancy and baby showers to postpartum and mom life, there's even a planner for recipes and meal prep. They are simple, fun, and affordable. Check out the Baby Steps shop on Etsy and use the code MOMSCALLING for 15% off it was hard for me to learn to, to lean on the people around me to take on some of that responsibility. So how did you do that and alleviate some of that pressure that you were feeling for the emotional side of things? I think on my end, again, it was feeling like I was inconveniencing others. I know many mothers say, oh, I didn't want other people to take care of my child because they would they weren't doing it the way I want them to do it, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of that. People pair differently and that is a positive. 
And maybe it's because I, I come from a family of divorce and I live, I've lived with my dad alone. I've lived with my mom alone and they're very different. I didn't benefit from the divorce, but I benefited from seeing two different ways of living, right? And that they can both be good in their own way. I've always been okay with like my son being parented in different ways from different people around me that I trust, obviously, and that I know are going to be gentle with him and kind. But for me, it was the guilt. Like I'm like somehow I took upon myself that like he is my responsibility and I am burdening others mm-hmm. by help, asking for help. In my head, I'm like, they want to help me, but they don't really want to do the things I'm asking them for. And therefore I am making them uncomfortable. And that made me anxious. Mm, So I felt like I had to do everything myself because I want to make sure everyone was happy. Because in the infant years, it's hard. There's a lot of hard things to do. And I really found camaraderie in other moms because now I've realized I see another mom I don't wait for them to ask me for help. Mm -hmm. I go to them because I know how difficult it is. Yeah. I'm going to take that kid out of your arm for a while. So you can go to the bathroom by yourself. You know, you might not ask, I'm going to take that kid out of your arms and, and, you know, feed him, even though he's crying, you know, he's crying. It's fine. Just go, you know, instead of being like, Oh wait, he's crying. You need to take him back. Cause I realize, you know, it's so hard to let go um, of feeling responsible. Four months postpartum, I taught uh, a summer class in the school that I teach in. And it was Monday through Friday for two weeks, nine to five. So I was out of the house and my husband was home alone for two weeks and our son was four months. And it was a total game changer for my, my husband taking care of our son because all of a sudden there was no one to lean on and he had to do it by himself. It empowered him so greatly and it it helped balance the parenting even when I came back because now he felt like he had ways to do things. He figured it out, you know, that discomfort makes you grow. So every time I see someone who feels like they do everything on their own or like, oh, my husband has a hard time taking care of the kids. Oh, my kids don't want, only want to be with me. I'm always like, you need to leave the house for significant amount of time and let them figure it out by themselves. And that's the only way they're going to have a relationship and be you to be able to get rid of some of that responsibility and that emotional load that you're carrying for taking care of your child. You got to take yourself out of the equation so that they can figure things out between them. That is a great tip. I need to do that more. And so thank you. I do think a lot of moms need to do that. You teach... You own a business and you have a blog. I want one or two tips for other moms out there who are thinking of starting something, but feel like their plate is too full. What would you say to that mother? I'd say reevaluate what's on your plate. Are you doing things that are time consuming, but not productive? I wouldn't put things on a plate that's already full. I'd get rid of things so that you can prioritize. There's this great example of if you have a jar of rocks, you can't put another big rock in it. But if you put the big rocks in first, all the small rocks fit around it. Rethinking what's on your plate and, and seeing if you can make room. So put the things that are most important. So it's if starting a new business is one of your priorities, put that on your plate and let the other things fit around it. So an example could be like every Saturday and Sunday, nine to noon, my husband's home, I always work on my, my new business right? Then you might fit it somewhere else around here and there, but you have that time that you know is dedicated to your business. That's your big rock. 
right? You got to give it times in the day that this is when I do this. And then you just let all the sort of smaller things, the laundry, the dishes, taking a walk or seeing friends or calling your mom, all those small things that you feel pressure to do can just sort of fit around it. It makes so much sense. The rock example, it's going to stick in my mind now. I think that's a great, a great example. I want to get to some, some of our quick questions at the end here. I know we could keep going because you have so many, I, I love your insight and the way that you think about parenting. I want to hear some of the best and the worst advice that you've heard about parenting. The best advice I've ever heard when, especially when it comes to toddlers, because that's sort of the years that I'm in right now is that all behavior is communication. So when they do something, there's always a reason behind it. And so if you can find out what they're trying to communicate to you with their behavior, it increases your uh, quality of life greatly because it reduces stress and frustration. That's a good one. That's actually the best advice. All behavior is communication. Okay, perfect. What are some of your favorite products and things that you love for life with a toddler and life as a mom? I love um, wireless headphones because if you have a kid and and they're napping on you or you're laying in bed with them and they're napping, you can watch TV, you can, you know, listen to podcasts. There's just, you can, you know, get stuff done. I just love having wireless headphones, especially in the infant years because they sleep so much. Yes. Um, The second one I love, and this is something I got recently, but I wish I got it earlier. uh, Fanny pack. Got to have a fanny pack. Mm. Uh, I think they're coming into style again. They are. But it's amazing because you have your, you have a small wallet, your phone, your keys, and they're just in there. You don't have to worry when you're in the playground. You don't have to worry about someone stealing your stuff in the stroller. Uh, you don't have to worry about always having pockets on your pants, especially in the summertime, you know, and you don't have a jacket, where to put your phone, where to put your wallet. I actually had my wallet stolen in a convenience store from my stroller, which is what brought on the fanny pack. But I really wish I'd done that earlier. And then the third thing is wipes. Got to have wipes, a lot of wipes. <laughs> I love wipes. They're so great hands, face, you're outside to eat something, clean it up real quick. Besides the obvious, you know, diaper changes, I think wipes are a godsend. I totally agree. And you know what? I really, I need to get a fanny pack. Thank you for that. Because I, I think that's genius. Um, So I now have a question from my previous guest and she has this question for you. What is their favorite quote? This is sort of cliche, but I really like it. Self-care is not selfish. It's not cliche. I think it's great. Okay, perfect. Well, now I just want you to share how everyone listening can get in touch with you, read your blog, get your printables, all of that. Absolutely. So I'm very active on Instagram, mama underscore questions. You can find me on my blog, mamaquestions.com where I talk about self-care for moms and connecting with your toddler through gentle parenting. I've also come out with weekly freebie printables that can be downloaded on uh, my site. Okay, perfect. Well, Stephanie, I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions, concerns, or suggestions, I want to hear from you. Send me an email to momscallingpod at gmail.com. If you like the show, be sure to rate and review this podcast. See you next week for another episode of Mom's Calling on the Believe Network.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.